My Wife Needs a Break, the podcast, episode number six. It's Rui back with you again. Another week, staying consistent. That's the goal. Like I told y'all on the previous episode, trying to make sure that I'm keeping consistent with it and getting the podcast out every week. And that's where we're at right now. So I'm excited. Uh, This week's episode is going to be a little bit different. Uh, I mentioned last week that my goal was to really figure out some interesting ways that I could be, you know, interesting with the podcast and, you know, also keep it tighter and keep it a little bit, a little bit shorter. I don't know if when I'll get good at that part, you know, keeping it to a tight 30. I don't know when we're going to get to that part. But I recently watched um, a couple of documentaries this week about comedy and comedians in general. And it really got me thinking about um, kind of who inspired me to start doing stand up comedy and um, and just thinking about that. So the two documentaries that I, che- I checked out, which I highly recommend, um, one of them is, is pretty new. Um, it's on HBO. It's uh, about Gary Shandling, um, legendary comedian who passed away a couple years ago. It's called The Zen Diaries. So it's all about Gary Shandling's life, um, his journey through comedy. And he used to keep these journals that he um, would write, you know, not only like things about his comedy career, but also things about his life that he was going through. And uh, Judd Apatow, famous director, comedian, he, you know, was very close to Gary. And um, he made these 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 two episodes or two two episodes of a documentary it's about like five hours worth of, of watching. Um, it's like two and a half hours each of the parts. And um, it was amazing. It was really interesting to me. Um, learning about the Larry Sanders show, you know, learning about Ger- Gary Shandling's show, his first show, and just how amazing he was as a comedian. It was just really interesting to watch how, how he impacted other comics and, you know, and, and that whole idea of somebody like, you know, having this major impact on you, whether it was comedians who came up watching him, his peers, um, people who are, you know, who, who are more like, you know, his understudies, if you will, like Judd Apatow. And it was really interesting to me. Um, and then I watched comedian, which is, I think it was, came out in like, Oh two. Um, and it's, uh, focused around, um, Jerry Seinfeld when he, um, had just done a special and he was basically burning all his material and he was going to start fresh with a whole new hour. And it's watching him develop this hour by like working the club scene again, which he hadn't done in a while, from my understanding. And while it's like looking at Seinfeld, you know, who like at the time was like the funniest person at the peak of his powers, looking at him trying to get back onto the grind. Right. And like starting fresh with new material he's never done and that what that grind looked like. And then that was just opposed with um, um, I believe it was Orny Adams, who um was a comedian coming up at the time and it was just interesting to see like his struggle trying to like become you know a working like headlining act you know and it was really interesting to watch just like people's motivations behind what they're doing how they interact with other people to watch jerry talk to chris rock and then to like you know it was crazy because there was a there was portions of the gary shandling documentary that was clips from Jerry Seinfeld's documentary where like Gary hadn't done stand up in a, in a while and he was getting back out there and he was on a show and it was like him, Kevin Nealon, Chris Rock, 
and Seinfeld. Crazy lineup. And uh, it was just interesting to watch it. And so I highly recommend both of those documentaries. Um, the Gary Shandling one, again, is on HBO. Comedian is on Netflix because basically Netflix got everything Seinfeld related on there. So highly recommended. Check them out. But it got me thinking and it got me kind of to thinking about, like, who inspired me to do comedy? Why do I even do comedy? And um, I kind of came up with a list and I have an idea of what I'm going to be doing with the next several episodes here on the podcast on My Wife Needs a Break. Because this is something my wife would not want me talking her ear off about. She really wouldn't care. So I think it fits with, with the idea of what the podcast is for. But um, I made a list. All right. This is in no particular order. This is no like, you know, no shots or anything like that. Again, I'm just some dude who's been doing stand up for like three years. Like I'm nobody. So I'm just giving my thought process on people that I watched that really inspired me because I watched them. Now, I'm going to start off top by saying out of my 10 that I'm got that I'm about to name that really impacted me to want to even start doing stand up. Richard Pryor is not in the 10, not because Richard Pryor is not the greatest of all time, just because I did not come up watching Richard Pryor. Um, And I think I'll talk about that at some point. I think Richard Pryor is amazing. I think he's, if not the best comedian ever, one of the best comedians ever, because every almost every comedian that I'm going to name essentially is is a child of of Richard Pryor. And that's why I want to acknowledge it off top. Like to me, Richard Pryor is like on a different plane. Um, There's another comedian who's on my list that I think is on a, a different plane from a lot of people. But I really used to watch this person like faithfully. Um, and so he's on my list for that reason. Um, yeah. So I'm going to read my list of, of, of the, the 10 comedians that really had a big impact on me and then kind of talk about what we're doing with the podcast um, today and kind of going forward. So here's my 10 again. No particular order. I'm just going to read them out here. Uh, Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, George Carlin, Eddie Murphy, Jamie Foxx. Kevin Hart, John Leguizamo, Martin Lawrence, George Lopez, and Dane Cook. Now, there's a whole bunch of other comedians um, that I highly, that you know, are amazing. There's other comedians that I think have impacted me since I started doing stand-up, and I definitely want to talk about them, too. So once I talk about the format of what I want to do with the podcast going forward for a little bit, I'm going to jump back into, into that as well. Um, another thing to just be direct about with the podcast is I'm gonna keep it a buck. I know a lot of people don't talk on podcasts over music. I know I always got some kind of like loungy, weird type of music that I get from the anchor app that I, you know, I record my podcasts on. I'm gonna keep it real. I don't know if that works or not, but I feel more comfortable when I play it back that I have some music in the background. Cause when I did college radio, I always had that on in the background. I had like music playing instrumentals. So to me, it sounds right. It might be wrong, but that's how I'm going to do it until, you know, I figure out what's a better way that I feel okay about. So that's what that is. So if you hear that that corny lounge music in the background, yeah, that's just to make me feel comfortable. That's not really for anybody else but me. So I'm going to keep it real. Um, All right. So what I want to explain. So the the next 10 episodes, including this one here. So starting with episode six, what I'm going to be doing is. I'm going to talk a little bit about each of those comics that I talked about that influenced me majorly when it comes to like wanting to start doing stand up, getting interested in stand up, all that. So that's what the next 10 episodes is going to be. Every episode will cover a different to- a different comic that inspired me. Um, so that's important to talk about. So that's what we're doing with the next 10 episodes. Now, that changes the format, what I've done for my first five episodes, which really has been 
I talk about, you know, random life stories and things. I talk about um, sports a lot. I talk about music because I have the playlist that goes along with the podcast. Um, and I just want to say that I'm still going to do that stuff. That's still going to have a place in the podcast. Um, I'm still going to talk in a minute about the music that we're adding this week to the playlist because I still listen to music. And, you know, to me, that's a big part of my life. And I'm not going to leave that off the podcast because, again, my wife thinks my my music selection is trash. So I can't talk to her about music because she don't want to hear that shit neither. So um, I do want to touch on a couple of things before we jump into the rest of the episode. OK, so first thing I want to get at is um, sports wise. I was wrong about the final four. All right. I was wrong about the female, the women's final four, because Notre Dame, homegirl, I forget her name. I'm sorry. I don't know her name. That woman, she balled out. She had two game winners in one weekend, and Notre Dame earned that straight up. I thought UConn was going to roll. Completely wrong about that. I admit that. And I was completely wrong about Villanova. I thought that Villanova on the men's side, I didn't think they were real because I had watched Providence and other Big East teams give them problems. But I think I need to just stop. And remember that the Big East is a real deal conference. This it's a good conference. It's not a bunch of like okay teams. There are good teams in the Big East. So, you know, shout outs to Villanova. Shout outs to Dante DiVincenzo. I tell you what, Italians, y'all were waiting for this this dude to pop off because I've seen so many people hype on social media. And I don't want to knock the kid DiVincenzo. He balled out. He made a lot of plays. You know, you know, most outstanding player. All that stuff. Take it easy with the NBA talk, okay? We always do this with a lot of our white guys, you know what I'm saying? And I'll, I've talked about this in the past, and we'll probably get into it on a podcast. You got to chill with the white guy thing. Y'all dying for a white player to be, like, nice. Y'all dying for, like, I like this kid. He got an attitude. He got a swagger. I rock with him. I think he's cool. I like his whole energy, even though he had some problematic tweets back when he was, like, 14. Um, I liked it. So I'm happy, but y'all got to chill, man. Like, relax, okay? We'll see if this guy makes it in the league, but... I was wrong about Nova. I thought this was going to be Michigan's year. I did have a feeling that Loyola was going to not get it done. Um, and that happened, you know. But so that was something I want to I wanna fess up to. I was wrong. Not giving up on sports completely. That's not the case. Just as a heads up, I'm not giving up on sports as a topic on the podcast. However, um, I think in the next, you know, the next few episodes, it won't be as prominent. You know, as, as the NBA playoffs start and stuff, I'll definitely talk about the playoffs. Um Cavs just beat the Raptors again, proving yet again the Raptors. I don't know if the Raptors are for real or not. I'm not going to believe in the Raptors until they do it in the playoffs and really knock off some real deal teams. But, you know, we'll see where that goes. Um, But, yeah, the music and the sports and and life stuff and my comedy stuff that I'm doing, that'll all still find its way on the podcast. So don't worry about that. It'll still be there for sure. Um, So this week, I just want to get up front with the music. If you're listening on the Anchor app, you hear all the music. If you're not listening on Anchor app, then I recommend, you know, checking out the playlist on Apple Music. Um, This week, we're adding um, a little Latin flavor. The first song is called Sensualidad. That's um, Bad Bunny, Prince Royce, J Balvin. That's a Mambo Kings, you know, record right there. And it's it's a real, you know. It's got a little groove to it. I like it. I think it's one of those records where even though people don't know the, the language, if they're like, they don't speak Spanish, it's still like a catchy, catchy song. And I think it's fire. So we added that to the playlist. And the second song we're adding to the playlist this week is going to be um, Wasted Times by The Weeknd. The Weeknd put out an EP um, and I want to shout out Selena Gomez, Selena Gomez for getting The Weeknd in his feelings and bringing back some 2011 trilogy throwback weekend from the mixtape days you know what i'm saying so shout outs to to selena gomez 
I know there was a lot of shout outs to his old model girl in there too, Bella. So shout outs to all you women for, you know, stressing these R&B singers out so that we could all get amazing records. That's really important. All right. So boom, that's where we're at with that. And we're moving on now to what's next, which is um, looking at the comics that really impacted me um, in a major way. And the first comic we're going to start with is going to be none other than Dave Chappelle. Because for me, when it comes to stand-up comedy and really starting to watch stand-up comedy, it all started with Dave Chappelle. In the year 2000, Dave Chappelle dropped the classic and legendary comedy special, Killing Them Softly. I was like 12 years old when that special came out. And that was probably the first time that I ever sat and watched the stand-up special and thought to myself, I want to do that. I want to make people laugh like that. I want to be able to tell stories like that I was like 12 13 maybe 12 or 13 I was in that range and like it changed everything and maybe you know I think a lot of people now the internet's different so kids kids are at different places with cussing and listening to like vile stuff because the internet is a real foul place but in 2000 the internet wasn't that wild it really it really didn't have that same kind of like energy as it does now And like my pops let me watch like I sat down with my dad, you know, and I had young parents. So my dad is young, you know, and we're sitting there and we're watching, you know, Dave Chappelle and I'm like blown away, like blown away. Like I'm watching every single thing is hitting. Everything's like crushing. I'm just like. I could not believe what I was watching, like it changed it changed a lot for me. Um, to see that, you know, it was, it was kind of like, it opened up a new world for me. I had seen stand-up specials before I had watched comedy, you know, especially, you know, you think like back to like comic view, like comic view had a lot of impact on me too. Like in general, you know, just from like watching stand-up, you know, in general and watching BT and watching comic view. Um, but I didn't get to grow up watching like deaf comedy jam. So I didn't even know. You know, Dave had other clips from back in the day, even earlier than that. You know, so it was really 2000 when I watched Killing Him Softly that I was like, yo, this dude is like, how does he come up with these stories? And how does he just like flow in in and out of these like ideas? And some of the ideas would be so far fetched, but like the way he would pitch it would be like, it's clearly it's clearly an exaggeration, but it's hilarious. And it's you want to listen to every single word. And he just had like just a presence, you know, and um, it was amazing. Like, and, you know, he came out, it came out with the DMX, you know, y'all gonna make me lose my mind. When he came out to that record, it was, there was an energy. And then all the audience just like, they were rocking with him. And I'm pretty sure he filmed that in DC and he's from DC. And so like, that was another thing that really stuck with me is like, just, I want to do a special where I'm from. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and just have that love. 
and Dave really like delivered with that one and that was really the starting point for me so it really did all start with Dave Chappelle for me in 2000 and so what I'm planning to do here on the podcast as I go through these these comedians that really had a big impact on me is you know I want to play a clip from certain specials certain things now I want to say up front that like killing them softly to me is like a classic front to back like I look at killing them softly the way I look at like you know, like a classic hip hop album. You know what I mean? Like the way you look at Nas's Illmatic, like I look at Killing Them Softly. You feel me? Like I look at this as like a this is a masterpiece to me, and that, maybe that's because that's the first thing that really like gave me the idea to want to to be like that or or do that. But like to me, Killing Them Softly is a classic. So I could have picked any clip front to back and Killing Them Softly. I still watch Killing Them Softly to this day. Like I just watch it just to like can't believe that the dude was just so good um and so the clip i'm gonna play is one that for me is real cool and after i play the clip i'll talk a little bit more about it um so that's what we're gonna do a little bit of now is me also playing clips so that'll kind of be the format we go forward with the next 10 episodes as we go over all these comics that had a big impact i want to touch on their clips so right here this is a clip from killing them softly from 2000 um it's about dave unexpectedly going to the ghetto um, so hopefully you enjoy it. And after the clip, we'll talk a little bit more about this special and why it's so amazing. Yeah, everybody should go to the ghetto. I was taken to the ghetto one time. That's the worst. When you get taken and you're not expecting to go. Like, usually you want to know when you go in the ghetto, like, I'm going to see some wild shit. I got to prepare myself. I'm going to see something crazy. When you're taken, it's different. I had a limousine driver. It was after a show, it was late at night, it was like three in the morning, I had a limousine driver, he was a nice guy, talking to me and shit. Oh, hey, where you from, dog? D.C., word? That's a rough city, man. And his cell phone started ringing, hold on one second. Hello? Oh, what's up, nigga, what? What the fuck, slow down, what? What the fuck? certainly had all the familiar symptoms of a project. A, a, a fucking crackhead ran this way. <laughs> and, then, and then another one jumped out of a tree and shit. <laughs> and I said, I'll be right back. And left me. Took the keys with me, just left me. At three o'clock in the morning, in front of a project, in a fucking limousine. This was not good. I was like, man, I gotta look around and see if I can see some landmarks and figure out where I'm at. Might have to escape on foot. Now, this is when I knew I was in a bad neighborhood. You only see this in the worst neighborhoods. Remember, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. I look out the window. 
It was a fucking baby standing on a corner. To take to take the idea of a baby standing on a corner in a bad neighborhood, which is like universal in in in, in the hood, in like in hood neighbor in hood areas, you know, there's always a damn baby outside just walking around in a diaper, just you know, ain't got nobody watching it. It's just outside. The idea that he thought to to talk about that in the context of like, what if that what if that was in the middle of the night, like, and there was a baby outside, and like you want to help the baby, but if you get out the car, you put yourself in danger. So you try to tell the baby, like, go home, and the baby tells you he's out there selling weed. He got kids to feed. Wow, like where your mind has to go to come up with something so so amazing, like, and again to me, like I don't even know if that's to me. I don't even think that's the like the best bit, you know, the best ch- on the whole special. But it's to me, it's it's amazing because it's a cool bit because the way that bit sets up is that's his closer. Like he he uses that as a callback to end the special like he ends the special like at a strip club and like he talks about this stripper like opening up her butt and then the like the baby's in there and the baby's like I snuck in the club pat on the ass and you want me to come out like it sets up the end of the special and that's something that that's something honestly as a as a comic so far starting out it's probably because I don't have enough you know material and I don't have like you know, just a, a wealth of material, but I don't have a ton of callbacks. Like I really don't, to be honest, I can't think of many times I had a callback that wasn't like an accidental, like something just popped up. Like, you know what I mean? I've had more like comics that go up after me, like maybe annoyed because 
like I was getting all these laughs on like trash dick jokes, like these terrible like penis jokes when I first started that like I had other comics like out of like joking, like bring up a bit that I had just to like say like y'all laughed at that dumb shit and you don't want to laugh at me kind of thing. And I've never I don't think I've ever actually called back my own joke. Um, And so just to have that special in that way for me, that was really cool. And I thought that was super interesting. Now, after I watched that special, that was what was kind of like, all right. Dude, how cool would it be to do that, you know? And and I don't want to talk about Dave. Like, I'm talking about Dave Chappelle as, like, Dave Chappelle the stand-up. And there's a few moments where, you know, you can talk about all the other things Dave has done. But, like, for me, this whole thing is really about being a stand-up comedian, even though, you know, Dave is great in a lot of ways. And I, I say that because it was after I watched this special, and I was like, why do I know this dude? It was because in 99, Blue Street came out. And Blue Streak was one of my favorite movies. Like Martin Lawrence was like, you know, you know, to me, Martin Lawrence is everything, you know, from 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 the show Martin to, you know, eventually when I finally started watching Def Comedy Jam, you know, that's why he's on my list of 10 people that motivated me to, to want to do stand up. You know, like Martin, Martin is amazing. And, you know, and, and Chappelle was in Blue Streak as a character. And he was to me one of the funniest parts of the whole movie. And um, so that was when it clicked to me, like, oh, wow, like he was in that movie, too. And then I realized I went I was like, oh, what else is he in? And that's when I realized, you know, I, I saw Half Baked, like Half Baked came out in like 98. You know, the cult classic that maybe didn't didn't have the, the juice when it came out in 98. But over time, you know, it became this, you know, classic kind of movie. Um, that was when I started watching Dave, like in those movies. And then that's what made me look up, like, how long has this dude been doing, like, stand-up, too? Like, he's, he's, he's in movies, and he's, I'm like, I was, I'm trying to understand, right? I'm, like, 12 years old. Like, I'm trying to figure out how does this work, you know, when you're trying to, like, you're looking at these comedians, like, do they just do stand-up? Do they act? Do they do, you know? And Dave does a lot of, did a lot of stuff, but for me, I went automatically look back at old clips of, like, him doing stand-up. So, when I went back to look at old clips, I found... His HBO half hour special, which was before Killing Him Softly. And I don't I don't know how many years before Killing Him Softly was. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't go dig up what year the, the HBO half hour was, but he had his HBO half hour, and there was definitely several items that were in that ended up being in his special in Killing Him Softly that he was working out. Different ideas that clearly weren't like all the way done yet. Like he probably been working on them for years, but they weren't where they needed to be until he, you know, he did the special. Um, and you know, back in the day, you didn't have to burn all your material. I don't think like now these guys, like it's tough, you know, and I, I have somebody like Kevin Hart on my list and a lot of people don't like Kev and I'll talk about Kev and how Kevin Hart really you know, inspired me to do stand up too. But, um, like to do a special all the time, like every couple of years to put out an hour, like that's hard to keep coming up material and to have to burn all that material and to say, you can never use it again, essentially, you know, um, but Dave didn't have to do that with his half hour. He got to like craft it and, and chip away. And, you know, one of my mentors, Brian, he used to tell me in my first in my comedy class, like he was giving us a piece of wood and we just had to like, you know, make a boat. You know what I'm saying? Like just keep shaving at it. And that's how you just keep making it, you know, making it what you want it to be. And that's what Dave was doing with those half hours, you know. And then I found out, you know, that's when I started really being like, oh, I want to know more about stand up. Because I told you this inspired me to like learn about stand up. Then I started looking into Def Comedy Jam. And then that's when I, I saw, like, you know, he had a Def Comedy Jam um, episode he was on. And he had, to me, which is, is a very funny clip. 
clearly Dave was still real young in, into stand-up. He had been doing stand-up, I think, since he was like 15 or something like that, or 14. He started doing stand-up. So, I mean, he was probably like 19, 18, 19 in the clip. But he has a bit that he does about being a Domino's pizza guy. And I want to play that clip for y'all as well. So this is Dave Chappelle on Def Comedy Jam talking about the dangers of being a Domino's pizza delivery guy in Washington, D.C. So check this out and then we'll come right back. See, I understand how the police feel because I myself used to have the most dangerous job in Washington, D.C. I used to deliver pizzas for Domino's. They would rob me every day, man. I come to be like, hey, buddy, here's your pizza. Great. Put it on the table. I had to get a gun, man. Like, how many Domino's pizza boys have you seen carry a fucking gun? I used to bust them people's apartments just, psh, Domino's things. Put the money on the floor, man. Get on the floor. Don't move. All right, I'm gonna get out of here nice and slow, all right? I don't want any trouble. One of you motherfuckers is gonna tip me. Peace, y'all. So that was young Dave Chappelle on Def Comedy Jam. And to me, like, a funny, you know, that's like a funny one one minute and change chunk that like little piece of a bit that for me is like I think about doing stand up and like at times I'm looking at footage or I'm listening back to my open mic sets and I'm just like, man, like these the guys who are really amazing at this and, and the and the women that are really amazing at stand up, like in a minute they can hit you with so many things. And that's the one thing I'm trying to get better at is trying to work on filler man i have a lot of like fat that i gotta trim on my jokes like i gotta have the words mean something and like just you know seeing dave when he was younger still being able to be really amazing with that was you know it's really impressive but you know that was young dave in the early 90s you know and then you fast forward past you know 2000 when he drops killing him softly 2003 comes and Chappelle's show blows up right like Chappelle show dropped 2003 I'm in 10th grade you know I'm like 15 and that show is everything and I could do a whole episode about you know Dave Chappelle and Chappelle show like just Chappelle show and and how those bits those ideas and those 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 sketches on Chappelle show are timeless and amazing and the work that that he did and that you know Neil Brennan did on that show and you know Charlie Murphy and and you know everybody on there you know what i'm saying so many people who were involved bill burr like so many people who were involved in Chappelle show that ended up being to who you you might have saw them on like one little thing or they might have had a small part but they're a hilarious comedian and they were just a part of that show you know so many good things came from that show but 2003 that show blows up people forget 2004 it's like peak dave Chappelle. 2004 like i'm talking about like like Lil John, like the the yeah, okay, that skit, the like, you know, the Prince, all the, you know, the Rick James, I'm Rick James, bitch, all of that. That's all coming to a peak in like 04. Like, this is like peak Chappelle. And he drops for what it's worth um in 2004, the special, um, which I think was on Showtime and it wasn't on HBO. And I remember being pissed off because we didn't have HBO at my house. And this is still like pre the internet being you can get whatever the fuck you want 
whenever the fuck you want, however the fuck you want, like way different. So for me, like I remember like begging my dad, like, is it, can we get showtime just for this? Like, how am I going to, I'm not going to, I can't miss this special. Like at this point, like I'm a full on Chappelle, like I'm Chappelle's everything, you know? And for what it's worth drops. And I think for some people, for what it's worth gets kind of like overlooked as a special, you know, and, and, you know, I don't think it was better than killing them softly, but you got to remember killing them softly was a culmination of like all these years of work that Dave put in to get to that point. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like, you know, when you're a rapper, you get to put all these songs on your mixtape and then, you know, you make like a, a bunch of classic like little mixtapes and you get to take all the best songs you ever did and put them on an album. Like, you know, like when you're a comedian, like if it, it's different now sometimes because of the way social media and, and the Internet works. But Dave got to put a lot of work and love into that that special, you know, and he put that out in 2000. But he had, you know, he had been working on that stuff. He had to come up with a whole new thing over the next like couple of years to then come and do, you know, for what it's worth in 04 again peak Dave Chappelle like Comedy Central money like the big deals all that stuff he's at like peak Dave like he's he's doing all this writing I'm sure he's reading scripts for movies like he's getting everything like he's the man you know so like it it can't be easy to come up and work on stand up with that you know what I mean like it's got to be tough but for me for what it's worth was a, a really good special and there was still there were still um, bits in that that for me like, again, kept motivating me to make me, like, I kept looking at it like, yo, I want to do what this guy does. Like, he just tells these stories and people just, like, listen. And it's like listening to your friend talk or something. Like, just you got, like, that friend who got all the crazy, crazy stories. And for every situation, he has something to say, you know. And that's how I looked at Dave at that time. It was amazing. And I want to play a bit from from For What It's Worth because I do think it's, a, it's one that gets overlooked. But I do think this is one bit that, like, the... Um, me and my friends in high school, I remember us talking about this, and like it was always like we always were like, What the fuck is juice? What the fuck is juice? And it was because of this grape drink bit that I'm about to play by Dave Chappelle on For What It's Worth 2004 special. This is a great bit, so we'll talk about this bit and then we'll get more into Dave and like kind of like the progression and you know how he impacted you know being an inspiration to me as far as like trying to get into stand up. So let y'all learn. If you don't know this bit, you're tripping. This bit is hilarious. You know what I mean? And just ask yourself, what the fuck is juice? I know what you drink. See how quiet I got? <laughs> grape juice. Surprise, motherfuckers. You didn't know I knew about grape juice, did you? Oh, don't play dumb with me. Look at what was it? A lot of black people don't have the privilege of knowing about grape juice because they have grape drink. It's not the same formula that you get. Ain't no vitamins in that shit. You might have one of your black friends over, Todd. Todd, would you care for a glass of grape juice? What? Nigga, what the fuck is juice? I want some grape drink, baby. Oh, it's purple. I don't think I know what a grape drink is. What? I have some apple juice if you want. What the fuck is juice? I want some apple drink. It's green. Remember that commercial? 
commercial for Sunny Delight when all the kids run in from outside playing. And they all run to the fridge. <sighs> all right. I got some purple stuff, some Sunny D. As soon as they say Sunny D, all the kids go, yeah! Watch the black kid in the back. If you ever see that commercial again, look at that black kid. He'd be like, I want that purple stuff. That's drink, nigga. That is drink. They want. They want drink. Want all them vitamins, nigga. I want drink. Sugar, water, purple. That's the ingredient: sugar, water, and of course, purple. Sugar, water, purple. What the fuck is juice? I want some grape drink. That's to me is is a funny. It's a funny ass bit. And cause coming up in the hood, you just know like that. You know, that drink is just that's that's in the fridge, man. And you push right past the sunny delight. You want that drink? You know what I'm saying? Um, super cool bit. Again, that's to me. That's like, while it might not be Dave's best special, it was to me a big moment because Dave was so massive at that time, you know? And then like between 2005 and 2006, Dave disappears and he quits the show. And, you know, for me, it was like watching like my hero go away. Like I was always like, I knew like Dave's specials word for word, line for line. Like I'd be in class, like doing like, bits from and and pieces of sketches from Chappelle's show like Dave was Dave was like my hero and like made me want to be funny like Dave was one of those people that to me like you know I, I wanted to make people laugh like Dave made people laugh and then for him to go away at that time was really was really like crazy you know and I think it was tough because like I said the internet was still a weird like early stages at that point it wasn't really like crazy the way it would eventually become you know what I mean like the internet was just like bubbling like to a point where it was like you can get anything on the internet you could read all kinds of stories and stuff so you know 2005 2006 you know it's a weird time and I was going off to, to college at that point so it was kind of whack to not have Dave you know a part of that like every day but Chappelle show and, and his specials you know they they lived through time you know they were amazing um, so years go by man and there's no you know there's no Chappelle you start seeing clips pop up on social media like, you know, Dave was was back out doing stand up and you'd read, you know, terrible things like, you know, Dave was just, you know, not funny and he was at some comedy club or whatever. And you realize like he's working on new material, like he's obviously trying to like come up with new stuff, you know, and, uh, you know, him sitting on stage smoking a cigarette, just, you know, trying to figure stuff out, going through his process, you know, whatever his process was. And then like 2013 rolls around. And Dave's co-headlining, which sounds crazy, but he's co-headlining the Oddball Comedy Festival um, with Flight of the Concords. And I had a co-worker who wanted to see Flight of the Concords real bad. And we ended up going in a group to watch to the Oddball Fest in Massachusetts to go watch, you know, comedians. But to me, I was going to watch Dave Chappelle. Like, everything was about going to see Dave. Like, this was since I was a kid, you know what I'm saying? Like, 12 years old, like. I've wanted to see Dave Chappelle live. I want to be in the audience to watch Chappelle. You know what I'm saying? And so for me, I could have gave a shit less who was on what. You know what I'm saying? And I probably saw a bunch of comics that day at Oddball that were really good. That now, in retrospect, like, I was so caught up in wanting to see Dave and, like, being a fan. Because at the time, like, 
yeah, I wanted to be funny and I didn't know how to get into stand up. I didn't know what I was. I didn't even know at the time, 2013, that like I was only like, you know, a year, two years away from really starting to do stand up comedy. Um, so I was going to see Dave and I probably missed out on a whole bunch of good acts that are up and coming that were on the, the small stages when I probably wasn't paying attention, just waiting for us to get to our seats and stuff. So I apologize to those guys because I probably wasn't a good audience member. And those dudes, those women and, and guys work super hard to get to the point where they can even be on an oddball festival, like on any of the stages. So, yeah, that's just a, a side note about just stand up in general. But 2013, I get to go see Dave. And this is the first show after Dave had had like a big like thing with the audience and what people would describe as a meltdown in Hartford in Connecticut. And I knew people who were at that show and people were like, nah, Dave, he's. And it's like people have these expectations of like, you know, you know, when somebody's like your hero or whatever, like I said, like to me, like to me, Dave could do no wrong. I'm like, whatever, man, he's going to be good tonight. I don't care what, what happened in Hartford. Um, and uh, he was there and he talked a little bit about Hartford and how everything went up down at the show, whatever. And a lot of that material is, is stuff that's in his the Netflix specials in a couple of the first Netflix specials where he talks about certain things. Um so it was interesting to see it like he you know, even then he was working on stuff that ended up being in his special and there was a few things in, in I forget which one of the first two specials I think it was the one where he was in LA there was stuff in that special that was definitely I had saw him work on 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 at oddball in 2013 but Dave was to me amazing like I watched it and I was like yo Dave Chappelle still got it like so that was 2013 I'm like Chappelle still got the juice like this dude's still amazing like still with the crazy ideas still like with these absurd ideas that somehow he makes seem realistic and funny to you um it was amazing you know and i was happy because i'm like dave's doing it you know and i was like i'm gonna get another dave Chappelle special at some point um and then between 2016 and 20 you know 17 2018 we get all this new content thanks to you know netflix you know buying two specials from dave and dave filming one more and then you know dropping a fourth just to give you a fourth one and um, a lot of people were critical about Dave. Um, I think just language, terminology, especially with the um, the transgender stuff he was doing, and you know, it's comedy, man. Like people are gonna are gonna push the envelope a little bit, and and you know, it's just part of the game. And you know, there's certain things that are off limits, but I don't feel like Dave was ever to that point where it's like you need to like you know vilify the guy. But you know, people would say things like, "Oh, you know, it's, I didn't think his Netflix specials were funny." It's like I mean, that's all subjective. I thought his Netflix specials were great. Um, I thought they were all still like funny in their own way. And definitely a couple of them, you can tell he had recorded them pr- prior. You know what I mean? He had recorded them before and, you know, they bought it off him and they put it out, which to me is smart on Dave's part. Like he recorded all those specials. Like at a certain point, you do got to do it yourself and then, and then prove your worth. And that's why he got all that money, you know. Um, so I'm glad Dave's back. Um, he still motivates me and inspires me to this day, you know, whether it's old stuff or new stuff. And I want to kind of wrap up everything about Dave with just talking about um, his last, the last portion of his Netflix stuff, which was the one called Bird Revelation. The Bird Revelation, for me, was one of the specials that people shit on and disregarded the most out of the four that he put out on Netflix. And to me, as a comic now, and just as like watching it, that was maybe the most impressive one out of all of them. Like if you if you watch it on Netflix, the Bird Revelation, if just to, to jog your memory, it's the one where he's at the comedy store in Hollywood, 
And I think he's filmed this. I want to say he filmed it in the original room. Um, and it's just him sitting on stage talking about really recent stuff. So he clearly had just filmed it. Like he's talking about like, you know, like sex scandals and Harvey Weinstein. And he's talking about all this stuff. Like it's all pretty recent stuff. Clearly like stuff he's working on recently. So to me, it was almost like getting a chance to watch Dave work and like build what he's like eventually going to do. And it's like he gave it to you in a in like what, you know, whatever. It's a special or whatever, but he gave you a piece of that. And like to watch him sit there and just sit on stage and talk. And like the the most impressive thing was just how comfortable he was up there. Like he's like a master at work. Like and that's something that maybe certain people who are looking for a certain kind of comedy maybe couldn't ID with or didn't like the the lack of physicality or whatever. But like to me, it was super impressive that like it would get so quiet because they were listening to him. Not because he wasn't doing well or wasn't interested. Interesting. It was because they were listening. He had them hooked on every single word he was saying. And it was just really impressive to me um, that he has that kind of like ability and that he was cool to, enough to film that and let that be seen. That was a small, intimate room. And for, I don't know if they were promoting it as Chappelle being there because I live in California and I follow the comedy store and I went to the comedy store for my birthday. It was kind of like a thing with me and my wife. We went because I wanted to see the comedy store and I wanted to like feel that energy. And I wanted to try to go to two or two or three of the rooms and really like get a feel for what it's like to be at the comedy store because you know, that's cool. You know what I mean? That's like that's like the Mecca of stand up, especially on the West Coast. And Dave was popping up all the time. Like he popped up like multiple times in a week. So like I don't even know if people who were going there knew they were going to get Dave Chappelle or what they were going to get. And then they got him there filming a special. Like to me, that's crazy. And, you know, there's one clip I want to play where he talks about um he talks about being a young comic and doing some shows for some guys who gave him some money when he was in New York. And it's funny, but the way he led into it and you'll hear it in the clip, it just felt so natural that like that's the type of shit that makes you wonder, like, was he riffing? Did it just happen like to work out perfectly that this guy he ended up talking to who wanted to get up to go to the bathroom is from Brooklyn and you're talking about a bit about New York and it all just magically goes together. But to me, it's super interesting. So this is a clip from the Bird Revelation. Dave Chappelle came out on New Year's Eve. Um, I hope y'all like it. To me, it's not going to be the clip I play that they're going to hear the biggest laughs in. But if you go watch this on Netflix, you're really watching a master at work. So check out this clip and then we'll be back to wrap up the podcast. Um, My wife needs a break. Here it is. Dave Chappelle on the Bird Revelation. somebody with a hammer. <laughs> Brooklyn niggas rob you with shit they find around the house. I just got stabbed with a toothbrush. This nigga must be from Brooklyn. I'm fucking around. Yeah, man. Well, you ladies are right. 
be honest with you, your lives look terrifying to me. They do, man. I know nothing about being a woman, but I know fear. Yo, I used to live in New York when I was 17, and I couldn't even pay my bills. You know what I did to make money? I used to do shows for drug dealers that wanted to clean their money up. One time I did a real good set, and these motherfuckers called me in the back room. They gave me $25,000 in cash. I was probably 18, 19 years old. I was scared. I thanked them profusely. I put that money in my backpack. I jumped on the subway and started heading towards Brooklyn at 1 o'clock in the morning. Never been that terrified in my life. Because I never in my life had something that somebody else would want. I thought to myself, Jesus Christ, if motherfuckers knew how much money I had in this backpack, they'd kill me for it. Then I thought, holy shit. What if I had a pussy on me all the time? That's what women are dealing with. I'm gonna tell you right now. <laughs> it's real talk. If them same drug dealers gave me a pussy, said, put this in your backpack and take it to Brooklyn, I'd be like, nigga, I can't accept this. <laughs> My wife needs a break. Episode six. That's a wrap for us for this week. Appreciate you taking the time to listen. Um, I hope that the new um, format for the next few episodes that we're going to do, I hope it's interesting. I hope you enjoy it. Um, I think it's going to give the podcast a little bit of um, direction as far as um, some topics and stuff so that it's not just me, you know, talking about sports and kind of ranting on. It'll kind of be a little bit of looking to like, you know, a little bit more about the comedy and why I'm, you know, doing you know, what I'm doing and what inspired me. So we wanted to start off correctly, Dave Chappelle. Um, I hope you enjoyed all the clips. I hope you enjoyed, you know, just kind of like how Dave kind of influenced me. Um, I think in the end, one of the things that I see that Dave really impacted me is like being cool with like wild ideas that are kind of way left or taking ideas that are very basic in nature as far as like everyone thinks about it and then trying to like twist it and play with it to take it to a weird place that is still funny because the idea started at like a real common sense place um but yeah dave is to me is you know to me dave is my favorite comic of all time um i don't know if that means he's the greatest i mean i think to me he's the greatest but um that's just because like i said he was the the starting point for me to even start digging more and thinking more about you know stand up and and all of that so uh dave was the first episode that we were going to do this with so episode six here on my wife needs a break we started with Chappelle. um my goal is to do this you know 10 more episodes um you know excuse me nine more episodes after this one and really you know touch on all the comedic influences i've had i'm i'm aiming to do one influence per episode um this one's a little bit longer because I think Dave had such an impact that I wanted to talk a lot about, you know, my, you know, my experience with Dave being motivational to me. Um, and maybe some of the other ones will be a little bit shorter, depending on like how big an impact, you know, that comic may have had. Um, but just to recap the list of, of comics I'm going to talk about again, no particular order. Doesn't mean if I think anyone's like, you know, the better than others. Dave's just my personal favorite. But um, we'll be looking at Dave, obviously, in this episode. Um, I think next week um, it'll probably be Chris Rock. Um, could be 
somebody else, but I'm leaning towards Chris Rock. So we'll do Chris Rock, uh, George Carlin, Eddie Murphy, Jamie Foxx, Kevin Hart, John Leguizamo, Martin Lawrence, George Lopez, Dane Cook. So, and then I think in future episodes, after we get through the series of like people who influenced me, I think I'm going to get to a point where I talk about a few comics that either I've interacted with or that I look up to now or that like now that I've I started listening to them more after I started doing stand up and just like how to me they're really great. Um, And maybe they weren't like a direct influence in me starting to do stand up, but they're like a big influence on like, you know, what I think is great right now or what I'm or what, you know, I've grew to be a big fan of whether it's their old stuff or their new stuff. So. I'll probably talk and some of those people that just off the top of my head like bill burr is someone that i love um gerard carmichael gerard is amazing i think both of gerard's specials are are like amazing um seinfeld i don't talk a lot about seinfeld i've only started recently checking out more stuff about seinfeld i think he's a legendary figure you know and and all that and then i look at you know someone like richard pryor where i think i i would at some point like to do an episode where i look at richard pryor and how Richard Pryor really impacted and, and clearly affected all the comics that, you know, really inspired me um, as well. And uh, another dude, Brett Ernst. Um, Brett is a good dude who is one of the best stand-ups out. Um, and I met him at a show um, back in Connecticut a long time ago. And he's always held me down and been like a real good guy to me. Um, more from like a mentorship and like just being a good dude whenever I see him. Um, but he's also hilarious. And I feel like sometimes he don't get the the notoriety that he should but so i'll probably talk about him too so i think we'll keep this kind of thing going i thought it was fun i think playing the clips in and mixing that in with the whole thing is pretty cool so i appreciate y'all listening thank you so much for checking out episode six quick updates on me and my comedy things i got going on i'm still trying to be consistent i'm staying on top of the podcast i'm trying to put out more content um hopefully on facebook and instagram and um i'm you know on a couple of shows coming up um, I just had a show on Friday. I just want to say big shout outs to Erel and Neil Singh for putting me on the show at uh, KO Brewery and Restaurant. That was a lot of fun. We had a cool group. Thank you to all my friends and, and, and people who came out to support me and bring your friends. I really appreciate it. We had like a lot of people there and it was nice that, you know, y'all looked out for me. Um, y'all can catch me next Monday, April 16th. I'll be at the Madhouse Comedy Club in San Diego um, and I'll be opening up on that show. So. Um, feel free to come check me out. Um, always, you know, keep up to date on RuiComedy.com um, for all the, you know, upcoming shows and things that I'm working on. Uh, check out the playlist on Apple Music. Like I mentioned earlier, we'll add a couple of the songs um, on there. And we'll be back next week for episode seven. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Um, have a great day. Have a great night whenever you listen to this. I appreciate you. And always remember, the whole point of this is because my wife needs a break. Peace.